Welcome to No Stage Lights, a podcast where we go behind the smoke and mirrors of everything from marriage to entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Janelle Carter. And I'm Terry Carter. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to No Stage Lights. Yes, yes, yes. Today's episode is for anybody out there who is wondering why they are where they are in a job and wondering where they're going to go from here. Yeah, how they got to that career. What led to it? Yes. And if you're feeling like whatever you're doing right now isn't for you, we're going to tell you why it's still important in your journey to where you are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about how we became uh, business owners. We have two brick and mortars and a multitude of uh, home-based businesses that we mm-hmm. work in. So we're entrepreneurs, we're, um, we're business owners, we have um, some employees. And how did we get here? Did we ever think we would be here? This is not anything I ever thought I would be doing. Yeah, I never thought I'd own my own business. My my dad <clears throat> yeah, had, a, had his own business. Um, he was a TV repairman back in the day when you still repaired TVs. And um, he he had a it was a sales and service so he not only repaired them he sold them and he okay. also it was also stereos too wow so, so he was an CB, entrepreneur so this came naturally to you well CB radios too were the craze in, in the seventies wow. and he was really involved with that whole movement doing ham radio and, okay. and doing all sorts of things yeah so he, you come from a history of some entrepreneurship <clears throat> and some business owners um, self employment. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I know personally that I had some times in my life where I'm like, how did I get into this job? What's the point? Why am I here? Is this something that's going to be my forever? Doesn't feel like it's going to be my forever, but I couldn't <laughs> see what my forever was going to be. And now it all makes sense. And that's what we're going to talk about today Okay, is how our job history and our first jobs led us to where we are, gave us the tools and the lessons needed to become business owners. Correct. Yes. Um, do you want to go first? No, go ahead. So um, let's start with our very first job. What was your very first job? I was 14. Okay. And I washed dishes at a truck stop. Okay. Wow. Um, and yeah. um, God bless the people that do that because... Um, being 14, not only, you know, did I not want to be there, but after being there for so long, it's funny how sights and smells can really affect you because to this day, if I think about it, mm-hmm. I can smell the, you know, like when you see the, the bus boys taking the dishes in the tubs and they just yeah, throw like the bleachy water. Yeah. They throw everything in it, you know, cups, ashtrays. And this time people were still oh, smoking. Sure. So you got cigarette butts, you've got, oh. you know, half-eaten cakes, you know, some wow. eggs and bread, and, uh. and it's all floating around in coffee. Okay. So it yeah. all comes back to me in this tub that I have to empty out. Yeah. And like it's I a, said, God bless it's a dirty job. our dishwashers because yeah, my yeah. hat's off to you. It's definitely and a dirty job. I, so what do you think you pulled from that? <clears throat> um, teamwork. Okay. Yeah, you have to be. Teamwork. I was part of a cog. Uh-huh. You know. And a wheel. Actually, yeah. 
Yeah. So my first job. Or would that be a spoke? I don't really know. I think it's a spoke. Cog is, but it, well, I didn't well, want it's to. It's a cog. It's know. a gear. But anyway, okay. <laughs> we're not going to go that far. I was a spoke in a wheel. So my first job was also in a restaurant. I was, I waited table. I was a terrible waitress. I wrote, I wanted, I like writing things out. So I wrote everything out in full. Like, you know how like French fries should be like FF. And I mean, I wrote everything out and my neighbor, her name was Madge Cameron. And she had, she had waited tables there forever and ever and ever. And God bless her. She was trying to teach me how to, you know, shorthand and, and so that we could give the kitchen the ticket and get moving. And I mean, I wanted to just like talk and I was, I was not a great server. No, because you probably wanted to communicate and sit down with the people that you there were. I did. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to get to know you. And um, so what did I pull from that first, first job? Oh my gosh. Um, you know what? I, I learned how to quit my first job. <laughs> no, I did. I truly did. I learned how to, to put in my time. My dad taught me, this is what you have to do. Put in my, put on my time. And, um, I learned what, it, what, you know, like you eat on your break and it sounds so silly, but when you're 15, you don't know this stuff. Right. So that was job number one for me. Um, I also, you know, figured out right away that I was not cut out for, uh, like the bar and restaurant world. Well, I didn't stop there, unfortunately. I should have. But my next job, my town, Dwight, we were getting a McDonald's. Oh, I forgot about this. Mm, I was 15. Yeah. Do you want fries with that? Uh, you know what? I never did. They never stuck me at that window. Why. Yeah, because I... Did you have any kind of customer service skill that you have now, back then? Nothing. Okay. And... As I remember, I don't think I dealt very little at the register because I just you were cook. I, were you cooking? No. What were you doing? <laughs> I think hiding a lot. Um, I'm not really sure what I. I, I really don't remember. I think I I did janitorial stuff. Okay. And I did some register. I remember that. Yeah, I did some register, but it was short lived because I just the uniform. I remember getting this really really. Bad, bad uniform, mm -hmm. and it didn't fit, <laughs> and that was the size they gave me. Oh man! So I looked like Baby Huey in a brown. So what was your takeaway from that job? Not to work McDonald's, and what I took away from that was, um, you know. Sometimes you just aren't cut out for things. Mm -hmm. So you weed those things out. That's how I feel about my, my um, servo job. Yeah. So my next job was um, selling clothes at Maurice's. You should be good at that. I loved it. I spent almost all of my check on clothes. That's normal. I think, problem. I think everybody um, would do that. I loved that job. I really, really, again, I learned how to work with the team. I learned how to, I watched my managers a lot and I watched how they, um, you know, would delegate jobs and, and different things and keep things organized. Um, I learned what it was like to work until nine or 10 o'clock at night on a Friday and everybody's going out and they're hanging out and you have to close the store and you have to vacuum and you have to do this checklist of all of these things, which, f f you know, funny enough, it, it comes back to me now when I'm closing my businesses at night 
you know, the checklist mm-hmm. of things that to do. And so um, I really liked that job. I loved the customer service. I liked helping people. This is when, when I think I realized and recognized that I loved helping people feel good. Okay. Feel their best in their clothes and stuff like in mm-hmm. what they're wearing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Um, my next job, I actually enjoyed this next one. I, I was a carryout boy at a supermarket. Oh, yeah. It clapped supermarket in Dwight. And I stayed there for quite a while because I remember being a senior and we had co-op. So I'd go to school for half a day and then I'd go to work. Oh, yeah. And um, it was cool. I mean, it had its moments. Um, you know, we had this old cranky manager. <laughs> he would make me and uh, myself and Gary, uh, one of my friends, co-workers, we, you know how the the food's all on these big racks and stuff, like on, when you walk down an aisle and stuff and everything's nicely uh-huh. on a rack. Well, nobody ever looks at the floor, okay? Uh-huh. So as you look at the floor of these giant racks, grease builds up oh. just from a just... I think from when they polished the floors and uh-huh. stuff and just like, so he, he would have us get down when, if we had everything leveled and leveled is bringing all the product to the front. So it's nice and even. Yeah, so front there's no, the shelves. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. so when there's nothing left to do and we still had like an hour or two left on our shift, he would give us two razor blades, <laughs> which I should have used a different way, but, um, he would give us two razor blades and we had to get on the floor and, uh, and scrape this grease muck with a bottle of Windex off the floor uh, and put it into a rag. Ew. And so you learned hard work, hard work. Well, grunt it work. just, yeah, it was just, yeah, it wasn't necessarily hard. It was just like, yeah, you know, but tedious. there's always something to do. And I think, <clears throat> and I don't want to go down this path of, Oh, this generation doesn't know it, but there's always something to do. And I used to hate when I was young and my bosses would say that, you know, they're, the work's never done. There's yeah, no. always mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. to do. And now that I'm an owner, I get it. Now I, I totally get it. There is something to do there, especially like in my industry, which, well, we're kind of in the same industry. When I closed you know? my place up tonight, I could have done a half a dozen more things. I know that probably I should have, but I mean, I, I didn't, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I did them. I mopped tonight. I vacuumed. Mm-hmm. I made sure all the linens were put away. I made sure everything was set ready for tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. There is. And there's always something that can be, can be done. Mm -hmm. You know, things can be wiped. Shelves can be wiped. Oh yeah. Um, So let's flash forward a little bit. So those were kind of our jobs as youth. And then. Well, that job, real quick, that job taught me to stick it out, not to be weak. Um, I, I remember having horrible toothache i was i I was carrying out it was the dead of winter and i was chewing gum and the entire inside of one of my molars popped out (gasps) so i just basically had the shell of my tooth so i'm walking out in the cold and then back into the heat of the of the building and air is getting into this tooth and it's like just throbbing oh man i stuck it out and did my shift yeah yeah um i you know that's an important lesson to learn. And I was a kid. Yeah. That's an important lesson to learn too. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, jumping forward into, into my, um, into my, tw- well, I, I got my CNA when I was 16. So my certified nursing assistant, um, worked in 
a nursing home right away as a 16 year old. And that was very eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, absolutely, you know, feeding patients and doing postmortem care. I mean, that'll open your eyes at 16. Uh, well, yeah. But then when I was 19, I went to school and obtained my cosmetology license, which I didn't love at first. I didn't really know. I just knew that I liked the art part of it. Um, but some of my first jobs in salons were, I mean, I was sweeping hair and, you know, cleaning up and wiping shelves and stocking product long before I even had my license. And even after I had my license, that was when you're building your clientele up, you know, you're doing, you're answering phones, you're taking inventory or all of that stuff you're learning and I hated it because I just wanted to have my hands in here and now this is what we were talking about in the beginning of of the episode now I see why that was so important because those are all skills even leading back into taking care of the customer and making people feel really great about themselves Mm -hmm. they're they're here for a service they're purchasing something you're spending their hard-earned money. How to take all of that stuff and ball it all up and use it to serve in where I am at right now. Right. So, um, you... I, by the time I was out of high school, or still in high school, I guess, and I started working at the gas station, the local gas station, and it was kind of the hangout for all the kids. Uh-huh. They'd be cruising around at, at, at nighttime. That was the place. Everybody just nobody really stayed long because our boss would. Sure, you, they didn't want lawyers. Yeah, 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 you get that now. But yeah. nobody, you know, it, at those times, nobody was destructive or anything. Oh, sure. It was just everybody was just hanging out there. Everybody was just cruising the streets. Right. And um, I remember working that place, and it was when. The pumps were, you know, pretty old, so I had a key, like a skeleton-type key, that when someone would use the pump and then they'd hang the thing, I had to physically go out to the pump and reset it so the next person could use to it. Turn a comp, turn a key. how much you're aging yourself I know, right now. I know, I know, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm just teasing you. Um, that, that's I like that job. That's not, yeah, well, you know what? And then, and so then you, you're a full-time musician, you know, so you're in your twenties, you're a full-time musician and then you get married and have a family and you have to do some other stuff on well, the side, right? Because, and I think that's such a, and that's kind of where I was going because even from my younger years and all, all the way to now, um, I've never been able to give myself the credit of being truly just a musician because I've always been told Better have that backup plan. Mm-hmm. You're just a musician. What? And then, if I had a nickel for every time I heard, so what is your real job? Oh well, we still hear that. What do you do for your real job? Um, I don't know. I juggle. I mean, what do you want? What do you, what do you want? For, you know, what do you want for me? What a great response. We should use that. Yeah, I, it's like it's just. I walk a tightrope. Yeah, and he juggles. We're in the circus. Um, but you, you know, you work this these handfuls of jobs, in sales and stuff like that. Oh, and as you and learned a lot about customer service. Right, maybe customer service, but there is the one thing that I know that, remember how I said, you know, you you learn what you shouldn't be doing? Yes. And sales is something I should not do. I think that's why we make a good team in our businesses because you are the 
workhorse. Boy, you work hard. You take care of things really well. I'm not saying that you're not great at the front, at like in, you know, as the front I'm, face of I'm, the business. I'm too honest. Is that what you're? Is that, um, you fear me a lot. You fear that I. I don't fear you. Not for me. No, no. I fear I f- for others. <laughs> <laughs> because you're afraid of what I'm going to say. I just, you're very, you can't, this is not going to turn into the, one of these podcasts, but you have a short fuse. I don't either. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I don't. Okay. Can you hear this, people? This is what you have a shorter fuse than I do when it comes to customer service. I learned in my time in healthcare how to de escalate a customer or a patient. If I can de escalate a patient who's under the influence of drugs and alcohol, I can certainly de escalate a situation with a customer who might have a complaint. Yeah. You, you're very good at that. Yes. Yes. You're very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. You're a little defensive about things and, but that's okay. You're very, you care deeply about your business. And so do I, but let's, we're getting off track. I want to talk to our listeners who are sitting in their job right now. They're getting, they're driving to work. They're clocking in. They know in their heart, this is not, my forever. Here's what, here's the message I want to give you. And I, and I think you'll agree. And I I hope you can, Mm -hmm. you know, um, add some to this, pay attention to what you're learning. This is a lesson. It's like training. Look at it as a stepping stone. I mean, and this is, yeah. And while you're in it, life is full of them while you're in it. What can you take away from this job? What can you, what can you, learn that you can apply to your next step and next step. And what you're doing is you're building your toolbox. You're building your mm-hmm. resources and your skill. You're learning a bunch of things that I've, that you've, that you've experienced that you're either going to use or, you know, you're not going to use. Absolutely. You know, things that work, things that don't work. And, and if, entrepreneurship is on your checklist of thing, your bucket list of things that you want to do, pay really, really good attention to management and how they handle things and what you like and what you don't like from that. I mm-hmm. have learned just as much from bad bosses that I have as I've learned from good. Oh goodness. Yes. Of what not to do. Yeah, how to treat people. Yes. Um, I had a jo- I had a job and no, a big shout out to the Rileys. I had a job at Cardinal Transport um, in my early 20s, through my 20s, as a broker dispatcher for an over-the-road trucking company. And I absolutely loved that job. I still talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of my favorite, favorite jobs. I knew I could serve people in a different way um, and better than I could in that job, which is why I don't think it lasted for me and why I moved on and worked in healthcare and then eventually found myself with a salon. Uh, something interesting. My mom used to tell me all of the time when I wasn't working and using my cosmetology license that I obtained, I oftentimes talked about just letting it go and not renewing. And she would say, you worked hard for that. You need to keep that license up because you never know 
how you can use it or when you can use it. It doesn't mean you have to work, you know, a regular salon job if that's not what you want. There's so many things that you can do with your license. So um, take a good inventory of yourself and what you have in your toolbox, in your toolbox. What kind of skill do you have? What kind of maybe even licensure or degree do you have that you can apply in a in outside of the box kind of way? And that can actually help you figure out the direction that you want to take your career. You know, that, mm-hmm. that career that will define you take everything that you have to offer. And it makes you, you, it makes you unique. Yeah. And an employer wants someone who is unique and has a lot of things and is multifaceted that they have a lot of things to offer. You know, um, I think, you know, you could be a great X, Y, or Z, but if you can throw, you know, W in there, <laughs> that's even better. Yes. I can scrape, I can scrape uh, grease and gum off of a floor <laughs> with a razor blade. But that's the point. If you're scraping grease and gum off of the floor with a razor blade and you're (laughs) hating your life right now, stop and think, what is this teaching me? It might make it more tolerable. It might push you to say, I'm not learning anything from this. I have to go. (laughs) Right. There's no opportunity. Um, I heard a story uh, recently about. A guy who him and his buddy had worked together in a company, a big, big company, and they both were let go. The company dissolved. One of the guys was like really depressed, feeling sorry for himself and talking about how bad of a hand he was handed. And the other guy went and applied at all of these places and said, here, here's my skill. And I mean, he named everything from like, I can cook a great pancake you know, and all of these things. Well, there were no jobs for this guy, but the company said, if you, if you really want to work here, we would take you as a volunteer. And he said, absolutely. I'll come out. I'm bored. I love to work. So he came out as a volunteer. He picked up all of the extra overtime hours. He did the best he could do from sunup to sundown for this job. And then the CEO was going to retire and guess who they chose to replace him. That's incredible. It's incredible. Um, And he wasn't even getting paid. No, he just wanted to work and build his skill and his. But I'd I'd love to dig deeper into that story because Mm -hmm. how was he able to not get paid and survive while he was working a 40 plus hour a week job? I mean, he had a wife who was working or a partner who was working or I don't know. I don't know all the details. And the point incredible story is and, and the point is, is that. You know, you can always be doing something to be building up your skill. You can be doing something that's going to point you in the right direction. And, um, boy, I'd love to help you, too. I do some coaching on the side, some business coaching. So if you are looking for a direction to go and you you have all of your skills laid out and you know exactly what you're great at, but you don't know how to use them, hey, get a hold of me. I'd love to help you point in the right direction. Uh, you can do that by visiting my website at JanelleMarieCarter.com. Send me a message. I'd love to help you. What do you think, T? I think we need to um, wrap, her up. wrap it up and okay. thank everybody for listening. Yeah. We really appreciate it. We hope we uh, shed some light yeah. on 
why we have done what we have done. I think next episode we should talk a little bit about the businesses that we ended up in because we never really touched on that. Mm. So stay tuned for our next episode when we tell you how all of those puzzle pieces came together for us finally one day yeah, and uh, why we're living the life that we are totally in love with. So um, thank you so much for tuning in to No Stage Lights. I'm Janelle Carter. I'm Terry Carter. Signing out, guys. See you guys. Have a great one.